Hey, this is Drew Blackson, co-founder of Anchor Movement with my wife, Valerie. We are so excited you joined us today. We founded Anchor Movement on Hebrews 619, which says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We hope this message drops an anchor in your soul and propels you toward the destiny that God has for you. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in the Anchor Movement Podcast. My name is Drew Blackston, co-founder of Anchor Movement with my wife, Valerie, and we are in the Embrace the Delay series. And if you haven't heard any of our Embrace the Delay podcast, go back on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. You can go to our website directly under media and listen to those Podcast because it really makes sense when you start listening to them in order of what embrace the delay really means. And so we want to get right back into that today. We've only got a few more embrace the delay podcast. This is number five, and we're calling this series or we're calling this podcast the fugitive. And anytime I mention the fugitives, now I'm a huge movie buff, and I really like watching movies. and And when I think of the fugitive, or I think of fugitives. I always think of the movie with Harrison Ford, uh, where he is wrongfully accused of murdering his wife, and he's pursued by U.S. Marshal Tommy Lee Jones. And it's a great movie with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones, and, and, and it really makes me think about this character in the Bible, um, not necessarily as a fugitive, but in the sense of being wrongly accused. And, and a lot of us could go through that, you know, we can be wrongly accused, which could lead us to our delay. There could be circumstances that are out of our control, which could lead us to our delay. And we've seen that in in certain podcasts that we've talked about. But I, I want to focus today on King David and, and not King David as king, but King David before he was king, because David lived an extraordinary life. Uh, David and Goliath, he, he killed Goliath. Um, you know, we know about David and Bathsheba, one of his greatest sins. Uh, we know about his military conquest. Israel became one of the leading nations uh, in the world at that time under King David and into his son, King Solomon. But there was a time when David didn't really know if he was going to get to the destiny that God had planned for him. You know, David had been told that he was going to be king of Israel, and and there was this moment in time where he just had to go back to the field and be a shepherd, and and he didn't even know if he was going to be the man that God had called him to be. And there's this moment in 1 Samuel where David kind of comes to a breaking point, and that's really where I want to pick up today and, and, and start off. This is in 1 Samuel 27, 1, and I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. And David said in his heart, now this is when David is on the run. Now, King Saul hated David. He knew that David was going to be king of Israel once he passed away. And, and King Saul had a son named Jonathan that he wanted Jonathan to be king, but Jonathan had pledged his allegiance to David. And so Saul had this jealousy and he had this envy inside of him. And he was so full of hatred towards David that he's even tried to kill him a few times. And he, he literally takes the Israeli army on a nationwide manhunt to track down David to kill him. And, and David is constantly on the run from Saul. And, and David even has opportunities to kill Saul 
but out of respect for the throne and out of respect for the man that God had put in control, David didn't do it. But there came a point where David just got to his breaking point. And in verses 27, 1 through 2, it says, And David said in his heart, Now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. And Saul will despair of me to seek me any more in any part of Israel. So I shall escape out of his hand. Then David arose and went over to the 600 men who were with him to Achish, son of Maosh, king of Gath. And so, so Sam records David having this moment where he said, Saul's eventually going to get me. He's going to find me. He's going to kill me. There's no way I can get out of this. And he said, there's nothing better for me to do than to just escape. I've got to get out of here. And, and we see this as kind of the end of where David's been running. Fifteen years prior to this, biblical scholars believe that David was around the age of 15 when he was anointed to be king of Israel. Now, we do know that David was 30 years old when he became king. So about 15 years prior to the statement where he says in his heart, I, I just can't do this anymore. I just can't run from Saul anymore. I'm tired of running. That's what I've been doing my, for this last 15 years, almost, almost entire life. The, the, the last 15 years, it's half of his life. He's been running from Saul because Saul's been trying to kill him. But we see in 1 Samuel 16, 12, and 13, that's when David was anointed. And, and, and it looks, it's a stark contrast from the man that we're reading about right now who's, who's basically giving up. And in 1 Samuel 16, it says, So he sent and brought him in. Now, this was David's dad sent for, for David. So this was Jesse, his dad, sending for David. And David, he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. Sounds a lot like me. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now, Samuel was the prophet of the day. He was kind of, he was the mouthpiece of God. So if, if anybody wanted to hear what God had to say personally, Samuel was the one who was going to deliver that message. And at this time, Samuel was, was looking for a new king because Saul had turned away from God. He had made decisions that were not in line with God. And so, and God said, listen, I, I don't want him anymore as my king. I want someone else. So Samuel went out and found this new king. He found King David. And David was 15 years old when he was anointed king. Now, for the next 15 years, we have the story of David and Goliath. We have the story of David killing 10,000. And we have David doing all these, con you know, conquering all these battles. But we also have these moments where Saul sees the anointed one, David. He sees the Spirit of the Lord on him. And, and in 1 Samuel 18, it says, And Saul was still more afraid of David. So Saul became David's enemy continually. So David was anointed king. The current king at the time saw that and became jealous, became envious of where David was going, of his talent, of his ability, of his progress in life. And so this, this enemy, this this supposed to be ally, this, this friend of David became his enemy. And not just his enemy, it became his 
constant enemy. His enemy continually, everywhere David went, he had to look over his shoulder to wonder if Saul was going to be there to kill him. Are Saul's henchmen going to kill me? Who's going to turn me in? Is, is someone going to report that I'm here and then I'm not going to be able to stay in this place very long because Saul's going to show up with the army and try to kill me? You know, and at that point, you know, as I'm reading this story and, and preparing for this Embrace the Delay, I, it really kind of hit home to me. I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I feel like I've been there in my own life where people that you, you saw as friends, that you saw as your close allies, they see your progress. They see your progression. They see where you're going in life. And, 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 and the one who's calling you friend at one moment is talking bad about you on social media the next or, or won't call you back or is spreading lies about you. You know, if, if you're listening to this and you're in high school or middle school or, you know, even college, that's, that's really where, you know, rumors start and things like that. And when I was in middle school, um, you know, I was kind of made fun of, but really pre seventh grade. So kind of like fourth to sixth grade, I was really made fun of in a, in a derogatory way, way by the group of people that I was around. And it really wasn't anything that I had done, but they just continually, you know, made fun of me and, and made and, and cast these these remarks at me that were untrue. And I remember when my parents, we moved in seventh grade from that city to another city that was an hour and a half away. And I was so uh, just almost like a breath of fresh air to where I could get away from those people. And now I could have a, a, a new start to where I was. And, and I, I really felt like I connected with David in this moment. I mean, and no, no one was trying to kill me back then, but it just felt like everywhere I went, you know, when I was around these people, whether I was at school or I was playing sports, it was this, this persona they kept trip trying to put on me. They kept trying to tell me I was this thing when I really wasn't and, and really putting me down. And, and when my parents said we we're going to move, I was just like, oh, thank you. So I can get away from this. And, and so David's in this moment where, you know, he's done all the right things. You know, he's been faithful to God. He's been obedient uh, to his family. He, he has conquered, or he's really, he, what King Saul has called him to do, he's done. He's, you know, he's beaten the Philistines. He's killed Goliath. And he still can't get ahead. Saul is still trying to kill him everywhere he goes. And, and, and that, for me, is where it was kind of like every turn I made, there was someone making a comment or, or whispering under their breath. And, and that was kind of the same thing with Saul there. He, everywhere David went, he was trying to kill David. Or everywhere David went, Saul was trying to kill him. And it's estimated that David was on the run from Saul for about 10 years. Could have been longer. You know, it could have been a little shorter. I said 15 years. That's because that's when he was anointed. So somewhere about 10 to 15 years, David ran from Saul. So David was destined for the throne. God had called him to the throne. But the one who sat on the throne was trying to derail David's destination. And so David, in that moment, was delayed from what God had called him to be. Not because of, not because of David, not because of anything he had done, but because there was someone else sitting on the throne. There was already someone else in that place that God had called him to go, and that is where the delay was. 
And I truly believe this was divinely orchestrated by God to, to, to really build David's faith, to build where he was, because David was going to be the king of Israel, and he was going to take Israel to a level they had never seen before in success, in battles, and David needed to learn what it was like to fight, to run, to strategize. And in these moments where Saul was chasing him are some of the moments that David learned those those abilities, the learn to, to strategy, the learn to hide. You know, he really got a way, a, a nice lay of the land because he was running all over. He knew where everything was. And even though God had said, hey, you're going to be king, God didn't say, hey, you're going to be king at this moment in time. And so there was a delay between the anointing, the announcing, the calling of David as king and David actually sitting on the throne. And in that delay, David had numerous opportunities to kill Saul, to take his destiny in his own hands. He could have taken the throne by force. But see, David had too much respect for what the throne represented. And what the throne represented was an anointed man put there by God. And so David had respect for that. He had respect for the authority. Even though David knew he was going to be sitting on that throne one day, he respected the man sitting on that throne. And he said, I will not harm him. Even though that man was trying to kill him. And, and, and we run into this in our life as well, where we see people who are where we want to be or where we should be or we are where we're going. And we, we have the choice. We can do things by force. We can cheat. We can steal. We can, and I'm not saying you're going to walk into a, you know, into a coals and steal things, but what I mean is you can cheat and lie and steal your way to the top. Or you can be obedient to where God has you at that moment. Embrace the delay that God has for you. You know, God might tell us something, but there are other people ahead of us that God has put in place. David recognizes he knew that Saul was put in place before him. And this is why David embraced the delay and ran from Saul for so long. But there came a moment where David reached his breaking point. And that is what this podcast is all about. I want to encourage my listeners to not get to this breaking point, to keep pushing forward. Our last podcast, we talked about Daniel and when he was praying. And it said that he prayed for 21 days. And God sent the answer to Daniel on day one. But the angel who was bringing the answer to David was held up by a demonic force. And those two, those two angels fought it out for about 21 days. But what if Daniel had given up on day one? And that's the same thing I want to show you here. David got to the point where he was so tired of running. He was so tired of it. He said, I'm going to go to the enemy's side. Israel, my country's trying to kill me. The Philistines, they're trying to kill Israel. Well, why don't I just join the Philistines? Because they can kill Israel. I'll just be on their side. Since King Saul's trying to kill me, I might as well just join the other side. And we find this in Samuel. 1 Samuel 27, it says, and verses 1 and 2, but David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. Now, this is the New Living Translation, so it's a little different than the New King James Version we read first. So, so listen to just, you can just kind of hear David. Someday Saul's going to get me. 
the best thing that I can do right now is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me in Israelite territory, and I will finally be safe. If I go somewhere that Saul won't go, I'll finally be safe. So David took his 600 men and went over and joined Achish, son of Moch, (laughs) the king of Gath. Now, my Hebrew words might not be best, but David went. He went over to the Philistines. He said this in his heart. He gave up on what God had promised because of the delay and the constant attacks in his life. But let me tell you something. When when the enemy knew that Satan, or I'm sorry, when the enemy knew that David was anointed king at 15 years old, Satan at that moment said, I'm not going to let this guy get to the throne. Now, Satan doesn't know the future. He's not omnipresent like God. He's not omniscient like God. But he can see the Spirit of the Lord when it's on somebody. He sees the favor of God that covered David. Psalms 23, David wrote this. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Satan saw that goodness and mercy following David. He said, I'm not going to let him get to the throne. Let me tell you something. The enemy is doing the same thing today 5,000 years later. He knows God's got a calling on your life. He knows God has something specific called on your life. And he's going to do everything he can to keep you from getting to where God has called you to be. And let me tell you something. When God tells you to go somewhere, do something, he has a destiny for you. A lot of times preachers will say, well, there's going to be peace in that decision. You're going to feel a peace about you and you're going to know exactly where you're going to go. And there's going to be rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and puppies. Let me tell you something. David did not have rainbows, unicorns, butterflies, or puppies. David had arrows. He had blood. He had sweat. He had tears. He had running. He had hiding. And that is what led him to his destination to be king. That's what led him to where God had called him. And I'm telling you, when God calls you to do something, it's not always going to be easy. You're not going to always feel like, man, this path is straight and smooth and I'm going exactly where I'm supposed to go. Everything's falling into place. I don't have to work hard. I don't have to do anything. Boom. The enemy's left me alone. Let me tell you something. When Satan knows that you have a destiny, when he sees the favor and the mercy and the goodness of God on your life pushing you towards your destination, he's going to do everything in his power to stop you. He's going to do everything that he can to delay you from getting there because if he can get you delayed, he can get you to give up. And if he can get you to give up, he can stop the will of God in your life. And that's what happened with David. David gave up. Discouragement, despair, heartache, being tired, worn out, frustrated. These drove David away from the will of God and over to the Philistines, over to the enemy of the Israelites. Over to, he went over to the people that he'd been fighting against. You know, and we do that a lot in our own lives, right? We, we get in these delays and, and we think that, that we're supposed to be somewhere. God's called us to do something. And there's all this flack. There's all this struggle to get there. 
and we and we and we almost are there and we give up because of the frustrating. We go over to the enemy side. We try to do it our way. We try to get there our way. You know, or or we just give up. But what happens when we give up is it doesn't just affect you. It doesn't just affect me. It affects the people that are around us. Notice what the end of verse 2 said in 1 Samuel 27. It said that, so David took his 600 men and went over and joined the Philistines. See, David had 600 men called David's mighty men who followed him, who ran with him. David had a crew that went with him. And I encourage you today, if if you don't have a, a crew around you, you need 600 mighty men and women around you. And what David did when he made this decision was he took his crew with him. Now, I don't know if or what protocol was back then. I know David was in charge, but you know, maybe one of his generals or maybe somebody should, hey, 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 David, maybe we shouldn't go over to the enemy side. Maybe we could just keep running a little longer because if we go over to the enemy side, now we're fighting against our own family. We're, we're fighting against God himself because Israel is his country. And, and, and that's why you need to be plugged into a small group at your church. Whatever church you go to, wherever community you're in, it's important for you to have people around you who are going to encourage you, who are going to say, don't give up. I know that you're struggling. I know that this has been thrown at you. I know that the enemy has tried to stop you here, but don't give up. Don't give up. See, in verse 4 of... 1 Samuel 27, it said that Saul, so word reached Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he stopped hunting for him. Saul stopped hunting for David as soon as he went over to the Philistine side, right? The enemy stopped. The enemy stopped hunting David as soon as he went over there. So David finally had peace. He finally had rest, but he had given up and given in to the enemy. David's immediate goal was accomplished. He immediately he felt peace. But he had left the will of God because of despair and hurt and anger and frustration in the delay. And if you're a family right now, if you're praying for someone who's in your family for them to come to Christ, or maybe you're praying for a marriage to stay together, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep fighting. Don't let the delay stop you. Don't let what the enemy throws at you keep you from the destination that God's called for. If you're praying for your kids, keep praying for them. Don't let their actions, don't let things that they do define how you keep fighting. Don't let them define your prayers. You keep fighting. You keep praying. You keep running until you get to the destination that God has called for you. That is the fugitive. The fugitive is wrongly accused, and he is fighting to find his accuser. And he might be pursued by U.S. Marshals, he might be pursued by others, but he is fighting to find the accuser. And that's what you keep doing. Keep fighting. 
you know, I really feel like this story really hits home to me. I, I really feel like I can connect with David in these moments of hurt and in frustration. You know, my wife and I, we've talked a little bit about this. We've been in this moment of transition in our life where we've make, we're making a big life change. And there's moments when we were trying to make a decision that we were delayed, that I would become very frustrated and stressed and, and really almost depressed in the silence between where I was and where I wanted to go. Because I knew what God had called me to do, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. And, and I felt like in the silence, I started questioning what God had called me to do. It even got to the point where I was so upset and frustrated that I, I would give myself chest pains trying to figure out what God wanted. I was trying to figure out, the, the I was trying to connect the dots. And that's really where the Embrace the Delay podcast series was born out of, was this, okay, God, I'm in this delay. Where do you want me to go? I mean, I would lay in bed at night and in, in the dark and stare up at the ceiling just wondering, what am I going to do? And I'd go to sleep, and, and that would be an escape for me, but I would always be wondering, where am I going? How am I going to get there? And that was always just a hard, it was just hard for me to listen to silence. I knew God was, God was talking to me about other things. I would do Bible time and we do prayer and the Holy Spirit would talk to me about other stuff, things that held no importance, really. But when it came to the transition, where to go, what to do, how to get there, it was just silent. And I don't remember giving up necessarily, but I remember just becoming not necessarily numb, but just so frustrated. I just, I guess I did just give up. And we made some decisions and, and moved and things like that when, you know, God hadn't called us to do that. And that caused even more stress and even more frustration. And that's the same, David had the same thing. When David went over to the Philistines, he, he fought with them, but, you know, they didn't trust him. I mean, he's a, he was an Israelite. He'd been trying to kill him. He had killed him. And so the Philistines basically dismissed David. They were going to go fight Israel, and, and David said, I'll come along. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm fighting with you guys now. And they said, no, 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 you're not going to fight with us. And they dismissed him and, and basically said, you need to go. And David went back to where his family was and where the 600 men's family was. And, and they, they found this place, the city was called Ziglag, where they were staying. And the closer they got to Ziglag, they could see something was wrong. There was black smoke in the air. And they could smell the burning of the homes. And as they got closer, they, they realized that the city had been destroyed and that the women and children had been captured. And David and his men at that point are, are extremely sorrowful. And the men even wanted to turn on David at that point. I mean, David had made this decision, and, and now these men 
who had followed him have lost their women, or have lost their women, had lost their wives and their children. But David rounded up the troops. They went back, and they brought everyone back. And then two days later, two days after they got everybody back, David heard that Saul had been killed. See, see, David got discouraged at the end of his delay. He, he got discouraged and made decisions that were against God's will at the end of his delay. You know, at the beginning of, of our delays, at the beginning when, when God tells us we're going to do something or, or we have this great ambition, at the beginning we're usually strong. You know, in the middle, we, we refresh ourselves because we remember the beginning. We say, okay, we can, we can stay strong. But it's at the end, where, which we, we usually can't see the end, where the discouragement, excuses, and the despair comes. And let me tell you this. When you feel the discouragement, when you feel the despair, when you feel the excuses start to creep into your mind, know that you're close. When you start to see the enemy attack you more and more and more, know that your delay is about to come to an end. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament was writing to Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 4, 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And if I could give you three points today to take from David and from Paul, is that fight the good fight. Finish your race and remain faithful. See, at this point in Paul's life, the time of his death was near. And for Paul, his delay was being here on earth. He, he so longed to be in heaven with Jesus. He said to live as Christ, but to die as gain. And, and he so wanted to see heaven. He, he so wanted to, to, to get out of this delay, which he called the earth, and to get to heaven to be with Jesus. And he's writing to Timothy, who's, who's a young man ministering at church, and he's saying, this is, in my life, I fought this fight. You know, just like David running from Saul, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. Keep fighting. Know that your race, your delay, it'll finish. If you'll keep fighting, you will finish your race. No matter how dark, how bleak it looks, you will finish your race. But you've got to remain faithful. See, David, he didn't remain faithful towards the end. Now, God got him back on track, and, and God's mercy is, is enormous, and God's always going to bring us back to where he wants us. But how easy would it have been if David had just kept fighting? Because in two days, Saul was, by the time, he didn't spend hardly any time over in the enemy's camp before Saul had passed, before Saul was killed in battle. And at that moment, David would have left his delay and gotten to the destination that God had called him to. If he'd have stayed in his direction, if he'd have stayed focused on his destination, his direction would have kept him 
fighting the good fight, finishing his race, and remaining faithful. Second Timothy two, or I'm sorry, Second Samuel two four says, "Then the men of Judah came to David, and anointed him king over the people of Judah." When David heard that the men of Jabesh Gilead had buried Saul, and Second Samuel five three says, "So there at Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel." He was thirty years old when he became king. It was a 15-year delay from his anointing, from when God had called him to when he became king. What I want to encourage you today is stay strong in your delays. Fight the good fight, finish your race, and remain faithful. Embrace your delay. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for this podcast series, Embrace the Delay. We thank you for the anointed words that that you've given me and what you're showing to me and to our listeners as we go through the Embrace the Delay series. Father, help us to stay strong in our delay, to fight the good fight, to to stay strengthened with your strength, to finish the race that you've called us to finish, and to remain faithful to where you've called us to be. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he fought the good fight, that he finished his race. He is the ultimate example of someone remaining faithful. We give you all glory and all honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.